TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. You can't really take him a day south as a person. You can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The Nightcap. We're eating their food. On WGR Sports Radio 550. You know, there's two things. There's two things in this life that people really want to tell you their opinion about. One is sports. And that's why we exist. We are here talking to you now because you want to hear what we have to say about sports. And you want to tell us why we're wrong or why we're right. And you want to tell us your opinions. Do you know what the other thing is? Everybody wants to tell you where to go to eat food. Everybody. I tweeted out earlier, what, 2 o'clock? About, because I'm going to Nashville next week. I'm really excited. It's my first time there. It's one of the cities, top of my list, that I've always wanted to go to and never have. And it will also be my first away Bills game. As someone that has gone to, I mean... Have I been to 100 Bills games? Probably not 100 Bills games. But I've been to a lot of Bills games here in Orchard Park. I've never been to an away Bills game. So it will be my first away Bills game next week. And it's a primetime game Monday night. And it's against a team that I think I hate as much as anybody in the league right now. I hate the Titans. They Their, their jerseys stink. Their their logo. All of it. I, their, jer- their stadium is always dark. And, like, the seats are dark. I think maybe that's why, because they're, like, dark blue. So, like, the light never hits their stadium right in the night games. They're always they're running the football. Their coach is kind of a jerk, it seems, and Mike Vrabel. It's Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, fun. They're never fun. They're always 7-8 wins. They're running the football, and they're trying to beat me 16-13. to That's the existence of my in my life of the Tennessee Titans. So, it's that team. It's that city. The Bills are this good. I could not be more excited to go to this game and to be in Nashville next week to see what the atmosphere is like, given that Buffalo has taken that city over for the last couple of weeks, last couple of years when they've played there. So I tweeted out, all right, where should I go to eat? Night one that we're there, we're looking for somewhere to eat for dinner, and I'm looking around, I'm looking on Yelp, and I'm looking on other websites, Travel uh, TripAdvisor, like looking at the top 10 restaurants in Nashville, and they all kind of look the same to me. So I, I throw a tweet out there. And literally nonstop since then, everyone, and this is not a criticism, this is a good thing. I, it's fun how this works. Everyone wants to tell me where to go. And I think I'm leaning towards a place with the hot chicken. That seems to be 
the staple of Nashville. Like Buffalo, it's wings and Seattle, it would be seafood and Kansas City it would, or Carolina, it would be barbecue. But Nashville, it's like hot chicken, right? Like that's that's what you're looking for. So I think that's where I'm leaning. But if you want to tweet at me at Sneaky Joe Sports and tell me why I should go somewhere else, some good burger places I've seen recommended that look good at least, uh, hit me up. I'm excited to go. If you're going there, you know, tw- send me a tweet and maybe uh, we'll meet up and we'll we'll have some fun. Bills and Titans is next week. Taking food recommendations from you, but the Bills and the Chiefs are this week. I could not be more excited for this game. But because I talked about it a lot with Sal Capaccio today in the Extra Point Show, and I'm going to do that again with Sal Capaccio tomorrow in the Extra Point Show from 10 to 12. I feel I'm feeling some hockey right now. I'm feeling some hockey right now. Let's 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 get in a little hockey because the Saber season is around the corner, and there's not going to be many more opportunities to probably talk about Jack Eichel. There's not many more news drops I think you can really have until he's legitimately traded. Today, Darren Dreger and Elliot Friedman both had separate reports about Eichel. First, we get Dreger. He says there that the saga may be shifting. Ooh, the saga may be shifting. What does that mean? Ongoing discussions and additional access to Jack Eichel's medical file has helped teams with trade interest clearly see his situation. Both sides are hopeful something can be worked out soon with one of the clubs in the mix. Now that's what we got from Dreger. My immediate reaction was, where were you six months ago with this? That's all it took to make any progress on an Eichel trade was just giving other teams access to the medical file? You couldn't figure that out before October? Part of me wants to question how motivated were the Sabres really to move Eichel this summer? Or was it for show? Because that seems like such a simple step that has moved this process along. And I feel like there's got to be more to it. It can't just be that simple. It can't be that simple. Then comes Elliot Friedman. And Friedman kind of got my ears perked up a little bit. He says what has helped is that Eichel has gotten his own MRIs. So he and his representatives can share proper information. That's a big deal. Are we even sure the Sabres are the ones that have allowed other teams to see the medical files? Or is Eichel just going and getting his getting brand new medical files so that he can let other teams know what's going on? Maybe this is just all Eichel and his representatives. Maybe this is all Pat Brisson putting it out there through Friedman and through Dreger that, hey, we're getting closer to a deal. Hey, other teams are seeing the medicals. They're comfortable with the ADR surgery. Like, here we go. Let's let's get let's get the wheels turning. Maybe that's all coming from Michael's side. Friedman adds, more difficult to answer is whether or not Eichel is traded first or gets surgery, 
returns to health and plays games for the Sabres to regain his trade value. Can I just reread that sentence from one of the biggest insiders in the National Hockey League? The sentence of, quote, more difficult to answer is whether or not Eichel is traded first or gets surgery, returns to health, and plays games for the Sabres to regain his trade value. Friedman even mentioning the possibility of Jack Eichel playing games in this jersey again is noteworthy. He doesn't even label it as it's a long shot. You know, it's a it's a prayer. Maybe this happens. He said it's more difficult to answer which of those two things would happen. And I've said from the beginning when you saw the market and when you realized there was no good trade out there for you. Maybe the best you could do was the Ryan O'Reilly trade. When you recognized that that was the situation you were faced with. Why do you have to rush into it? And I know what the counter is. The counter is, well, because you just can't drag this on. Because nobody does that. Everybody just bites the bullet and they do it. And the few examples of teams not doing it in sports are from some of the biggest clubs some of the biggest brands and franchises in the sports world. The Lakers did this with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant in 2007 wanted to be traded. And the Lakers looked around. They actually offered the Cavaliers Kobe Bryant for LeBron James straight up. They were told no pretty quickly. And they ultimately brought Kobe back. They traded for Pau Gasol the rest of history. They won more championships. But they said no. They looked around. They said no. We're not doing it. And it would take some real cojones to do that for for Kevin Adams. To say, no, we're just not going to do this. And you know what, Jack? Like this, this to me is what my sales pitch would have been to him the moment I knew I was not getting a good trade offer for him. The moment I knew that the best I was going to do was a team's third or fourth best prospect and a late first round pick that maybe is even conditional. If that's the best I can do, I'd rather... You, you got to start chasing the best-case scenario. You have to chase it. And the best-case scenario to me, to this day, is still that you get Eichel back on the ice before you trade him. I don't even need it to be in blue and gold. It could be in red, white, and blue. If you let him get the surgery he wants, then... It's still a possibility he could play in Beijing at the Olympics. One way to rebuild this guy's trade value is to show other teams, to eliminate the risk. The risk currently on Jack Eichel is, from other teams' perspective, hey, 12 months from now, is he even on my team? Is he playing hockey? What if the next surgery goes horribly wrong? What if he's never the same? And whether or not they even believe that, they will use it as leverage. And that's how they will get a discounted rate on the player. And how do you eliminate that leverage? How do you get rid of that risk 
so that other teams can't hang it over your head. You simply get him back on the ice as quickly as possible. And I think we all know the path to doing that. And I wonder where Friedman got that. Did he just create it on his own? Is it just a token throw-in to a report that's more so about, you know, the, the, the medical process? Or is that a legitimate possibility? There are ups, there's upside and there's downside to it. The downside is, do you want that distraction? Do you want that? It's really a sideshow because we all would know what it's for, right? It's a sideshow. It's He's playing for us to rebuild his trade value. We know he's not really a part of the long-term future. So in that way, I guess... It could be a hindrance to what you're building, what you're developing in Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestad, and, and maybe I should throw J.J. Paterka's name next into this list. Darlene Yoki Haru. Are you gonna want that sideshow when you're trying to start? You're trying to build up a foundation. But the the upside again is, I'm gonna get the best offer I can get for this guy. We we talked about this trade happening at the beginning of the offseason as the most important thing they're going to do for years to come. And I, just because it's gone the way it's gone, and it's gone about as horribly as it could have, I don't think that truth has been eliminated. It's still, to me, the most important thing they're going to do. And... It's trending towards going horribly wrong. And this trade, these trades that were supposed to help boost the rebuild, to kickstart the restart, so far, all you've really got to show for it is Isaac Rosen, who I like. I mean, that's a great job getting him for Rasmus Ristolainen in the NHL draft. You got him. You got a secondary goalie prospect. You got a late first-round pick coming from the Florida Panthers. And, again, if I sell Eichel right now while his value is at its lowest point, I'm going to get some team's third-best prospect, another late first-round pick. How much, are, how much are those pieces really helping me? I'm calling for unprecedented in an unprecedented situation. We've never seen any player-team situation like this in hockey. I haven't. I'm not sure I've seen it in sports. And part of that is the uniqueness to the NHL CBA that allows the team to have the final say on the surgery. Because if this were the NFL, we'd probably be over and done with. Because Eichel would have just had his surgery five months ago. Six months ago. Seven months ago. Mid-season. Last year. He got hurt in March. He's been wanting the surgery since April. It's an unprecedented situation, and I believe it calls for an unprecedented resolution, which is you your your sole goal right now, if I were the Sabres, unless somebody gives me near the value that I was looking for at the outset of shopping him, my sole goal is to get Jack Eichel healthy and find a way to get him on the ice to rebuild his trade value. And if that can't happen at the Olympics... 
because now the timeline is too close together. I'm open to seeing him again in blue and gold. So that's my little soliloquy on Jack Eichel. I feel better. I can take a breath. We can sit back a little bit. Let that stew. You can yell at me if you want. 8030550 is the number. You can tell me why that's dumb. You can tell me why that's going to ruin the kids or whatever you want to say. But that's where I'm at. Josh is producing the show tonight, by the way. We don't typically have a producer for the show. This is normally me flying solo. Just so you know. How does that all sound to you on Eichel? I mean, it's a lot. But it's been a lot since, like you said, March and April. But it's... It's just kind of where we're at. Like, everyone's just kind of saying what they, you know, it's everyone. There's like, it's, I feel like it's split 50 50 at this point. Like, there's so many people that want him back here, and there's so many people that want him gone, but everyone just wants a solution. And it's just, it's getting to be too much. Like, Eichel's trending on Twitter again. He's got like 3,000 tweets in the last hour. And it's <laughs> it's just nuts. Like I'm considering muting him on Twitter <laughs> just so I don't have to see all this stuff because some of these some of these trade act or trade um, proposals are just wild. Um, but Drager on on that's hockey on TSN came out uh, about ten minutes ago and said there are a few teams that I am told are in the mix. Speculation ranges from the Kings, perhaps Anaheim. Both those clubs have downplayed that. And social media continues to point at the Rangers. The Rangers source says, no, that's not the case. Oh, thank goodness. I, I don't want to see him in the Rangers no, uniform. No, it, that I mean, From the beginning, that's been the place. And their best deal was like Niels Lundqvist in a first and Zibanejad to clear cap space. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like you have to, you're, you're giving up, you have to give up what you're getting. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you were saying earlier, you don't know teams are so like not sure about Eichel that they're worried about giving up a lot, but at the same time, that's the gamble you take when you're trying to get a top 10 center in the NHL. Who's yep. going to be a top 10 center or better for at least 5 more years on your team? Yep. Yeah, Dreger's exact quote, there are a few teams that I'm told are in the mix. Speculation ranges from LA Kings, perhaps Anaheim. Both those clubs have downplayed them. Social media continues to point at the Rangers. The Rangers so says, no, that's not the case. That's that's to me all... I'm, I think it's possible that Darren Dreger hasn't hasn't heard a new word about any of those teams since the summer. Well, and, I mean- and he's just... He's reaching back into, well, you know, like the Kings, like they, because he's even, he's speculating. The Kings could, perhaps Anaheim. He's basically saying no on the Rangers. Um, I don't feel too confident about any of these teams after seeing, after seeing Dreger kind of throw teams out there while also hedging a little bit. He's not, he's not, he's not declaring that these teams are in the Eichel trade market. Right. But I've also been seeing on Twitter as I'm scrolling through these latest Eichel tweets, for some reason, the flames are now in the conversation, but that wasn't said by any big insider. It's just kind of something I've been seeing where like people are like, no, Eichel shouldn't come to the flames. No, he should go to the flames. And I'm like, where is this coming from? This is like brand new. I think the flames just kind of make sense on paper. Everyone's thought they're going to blow it up for two years now. Their, their core has just, just not gotten the job done. They make the playoffs once in a while, but they never get anywhere. And Goudreau's coming up on a contract. There's rumors about Matthew Kachuk not even wanting to be there. Their captain, Mark Giordano, is now gone in Seattle. Like, I think Calgary might be... 
I thought I thought they were going to be looking for a shakeup, and I think maybe that's why they've been the dots have been connected on them a little bit. But I haven't seen anything reputable that points to them being included right now either. Well, and Kachuk's wanted to leave for a while. Ever since that issue with the with the uh, Leafs last year, when Muzzin flipped the puck at him, and then yep. all the Leafs just kind of swarmed him while his teammates skated off the ice. There's been issues ever since then. Yeah. So. 803-0550 is the phone number. We'll get to some calls when we come back. We've got open phone lines, and I'm, of course, going to talk Bills Chiefs. Don't worry. That is coming. On the way here on the Nightcap, Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Josh, what's your last name again? I'm having a brain fart here. Schmidt. Josh Schmidt is with me here on the show for tonight. Uh, we're going to get to some calls in just a second. got to get Josh comfortable, though. Do you have like a, uh, a raging hot take that nobody else has that you want to throw out there that we can just crush you on? Oh, boy. Um, I don't and have And you can't one take that Eli Manning was a below-average quarterback because I've already, I've already planted my flag on, uh, on that territory. So that's, um, that's, out, that's out, of the, out of the realm for you. Man, you're putting me on the spot here a little bit. I am bit. absolutely <laughs> putting you on the spot, 100%. Um, I think that... Any sport, anything. I, I think... Could be movies, could be food. Depending on his play this year, the Sabres should not re-sign Victor Olofsson. Mm, this is, a, is, this, is this a raging hot take? This is a hot take. I wouldn't say it's raging, or I'm looking for another word that I keep forgetting. Um, okay. They should just let him walk. I don't know. About, well, he is an RFA, so I think they should either try to, if they're not going to sign him, try to trade him at the deadline or maybe at the draft. I, I'm okay with trading him. He just doesn't do anything but shoot. Right. He is Alex Ovechkin with not as good of a shot. Ooh, I was, I was going to say, you better finish that sentence quick before <laughs> you let, he is Alex Ovechkin sit in anybody's right. mind. No, no, no. He, no, but okay. you're right. Just his shooting. Just his shooting. His shoot, he has an elite shot, and I think everything else, he's not an NHL player. Right, right. But, again... He was, what, a seventh-round pick? Seventh-round pick, I mean, yep. you never know. what the, Like, Henrik Zetterberg, sure, he was a seventh-round pick. Yep. Like, so you never know. But He's he's interesting. I, I never think about him for the future because he just you kind of forget about him. He's in this tweener zone. He's not a prospect. Right. People want to make him a prospect because he's only been here for a couple years, but the guy's 26. Yeah, you forget. He's older than Jack Eichel. People by, forget that. I forget two that years. all the time. I think yeah. by two years, actually. Yeah. Um, all right. Josh says not to re-sign Victor Olofsson. So we're on the Sabres right now. We're going to get to football. Um, we're going to talk Bills and Chiefs, but we're just kind of reacting to the Eichel news of today. Um, I, I'm I'm very opinionated on this situation. I think it is, it is morally wrong, the language in the CBA that prevents players from being allowed to get the procedure that they want. Jack Eichel needs to have a major neck surgery. He is a... 25-year-old human being who uses his body to make a living, and he can't decide what you're going to do when you cut his neck open. And with the backing of a professional at his side, he's not he's not reading something off the internet and asking that to be done. He's he's, he's got, not going to webmd.com. Right. He's not right. <laughs> he's not going to webmd. He's got a legitimate. Doctor in his corner who has performed the surgery many times on athletes, professional athletes, hockey players, not at the NHL level. And to me, it is just morally wrong that he's not allowed to decide that. But that is the language in the CBA. I think it should change. Can't change right now. And 
This is just kind of the situation that we have. We're talking more about a trade today, though, more so than the medical anyway. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's go to Jim in Niagara Falls to start things off. What's up, Jim? Hey, Joe. I'm glad to hear you talking hockey. Thanks. Needed to fix here on the radio. Uh, make this quick quick one on Elliot Friedman's comments today. I don't put a lot of stock in what he's been bringing to the table because he devoted a whole podcast recently to the fact that the NHL should get involved, not knowing that Eichel hasn't even exhausted the process under the CBA now. He hasn't filed for medical arbitration yet. He Mm -hmm. was unaware of that. Why would the NHL get involved before this process was exhausted? So I don't put a lot of stock into that. They seem to just be opinionated on it. Secondly, I wanted to ask you about your opinion on the Sabres D. I really think we've Missed the boat on Borgen. He's the missing piece out there. They look really lost across the board. I'm not big on Bryson. Uh, Pasek and Miller look like pylons. And uh, in in the end, do you think it was right that they protected Mr. Linen so they could get uh, Haig and Rosen? Yeah. Hey, hey Jim. Because that's, that's what it ended up being. Thanks for the call, man. Um, I don't really want to go back into the expansion draft that much because I think I think we overreacted at the time, and I think it worked out perfectly. I mean, they got the 14th overall pick for Rasmus Ristolainen. I mean, are you kidding me? They got that much? Maybe he turns into nothing, but maybe he turns into something. And I was not expecting they do nearly that well. And by the way, Will Borgen... It's being talked about he could be waived in Seattle at some point here. You might get the Sabres to reclaim him. They might have that opportunity. Um, was he placed on waivers today even? I don't think he was. No, I don't think he has. But I've seen it Everyone speculated. cleared today, too. Right. I've seen it speculated that he might, though. Um, let's keep rolling through calls. Let's go to... Who do we want next? Let's go to James in East Aurora. You're on, you're on the nightcap. What's up, James? Hey, Joe, I just wanted to chime in and give my two cents. Um, I know I heard you and I hear a lot of fans saying about that this couldn't have gone any worse with with Jack Eichel, but I think part of it, at least part of it, is just perception and only because he hasn't been traded yet. And I'm just curious to know, and I'm wondering, a lot of these GMs, they're smart and they they smell Buffalo's been a tire fire for a little while now. And uh, with with Jack Eichel... uh, Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. The world may never know. What was he? Ta- what, what was he? What was he mentioning before? I don't know. the The comments disappeared off the off the screen. Let's, I can't remember. Um. Oh, about Eichel, and this couldn't have gone worse. You know, you're right. He he. The call is right. They could have traded him for nothing. They could have traded him for pennies on the dollars. They could have done that. I I do. I remember what it was. It was. Um. Do you think that? Teams are going to try to take advantage of right. Adams. I I respect. I respect them on part of this. If it were me, the way I'd want my team to be operating, I'd want them to treat the player as a person first. And I don't think that's happened in the situation. I think they've treated Jack Eichel as an asset over a human being, and that has led to him still needing a neck surgery. Six months after he got injured. Seven months after he got injured. On the flip side of that, as a trade commodity, I think they've done a great job. No one was giving you what you wanted. 
You've got a 25-year-old elite center who is under contract for five years. On the trade aspect, on the trade side of this, I think they've done what I would have wanted them to do. Not let these other GMs take advantage of you. And prove to them that you are going to have to pay up or we're just simply not going to trade him. And I know that the medical complicates that. And it maybe is the reason why it hasn't happened. But that's how I'd want my team to operate with a trade of this magnitude. This is Jack Eichel. We traded a season to get this guy. And he's dynamite. He's a top 10 player in the league, arguably. He's certainly a top 10 center. And he's this young? You're not getting him for pennies on the dollars. It's just not going to happen. And for that, that's how they've that's how they've operated. And I'd want them to continue along that path. Mark and Kenmore is next on the nightcap. What's up, Mark? Hey, hello. Uh, I just cannot imagine Jack Eichel playing any any more games with the Buffalo Sabers in the blue and gold. I just think the bird the bridge has been burned and totally destroyed by both sides. It's been handled awful. Um, that being said, I um, I attended both preseason games so far, and I don't know if, you're, if, you're, if your station has talked about how bad the attendance was, even for a preseason game. There's a very big, and the Eichel affair did, did not help either. Ten years of being awful hasn't helped, but there is such a big disconnect and I know Adams has talked about it between the Buffalo Sabres and the fans. And the only way I think this is going to change is the players that Granado is going to work with this season, if they show some gumption and show that they care and play hard every night, you might be able to win some hearts and minds in Buffalo again. Mark, thanks for the call. Let's uh, keep rolling along. Jim in Niagara Falls is next up on the nightcap. What's up, Jim? No gym. All right. Um, I think I kind of want to leave Eichel here. I, w- I want to leave the Sabers and I want to leave Eichel here. I think we've, I think we've done, we've done a good job. There's not much left to be had. We are, we are ringing out the Jack Eichel trade conversation. Like you've already done it three or four times. You're not sure if there's any water left in that cloth. Really, one more little squeeze. It's been being ringed out since, I think, June or July. Yeah, it, it should be dry, but it's not because he's still here. 803 is the phone number. I do want to talk some Bills, and I want to talk some Chiefs. Um, I mentioned earlier on the Extra Point Show that I think psychologically Sunday night matters more for the Bills to prove that you can win against the Chiefs and even prove that you can do it at Arrowhead. Mathematically, this game does matter more for the Chiefs. If the Bills lose, they are still, they're not only in the one seed race, I would still hazard to say they're in great shape in the one seed race because of their schedule. Meanwhile, if the Chiefs lose on Sunday night, they're dead in the one seed race. They are not going to have home field in, throughout the playoffs, they are not going to have the first round bye. 
They have the hardest remaining schedule in the league. That's with the Bills included. So once the Bills game gets done and over with, I'm not sure if they'd still be number one. But today they're number one for the hardest schedule remaining in the NFL. They've got, they don't get to play the Jets twice. They don't get to play the Patriots twice. They don't get to play the Dolphins. They don't get to play the Jaguars like the Bills do. They, don't get, they, they have to go to Green Bay as their 17th game. They've got to go play Aaron Rodgers. And they look vulnerable. Their defense stinks. It's horrible so far this year. That defense, despite the offense, it, to me, is still the best in the league. It's still the best offense in the league. But the Bills have narrowed the gap offensively. It's as close as it could be. I would still take the Chiefs' offense, but the Bills are right there. And meanwhile, they have a great to potentially dominant defense, and they have the second easiest schedule left in the league. The the improvement you get from the Bills' offense to the Chiefs' offense is not enough to counteract how much easier the Bills' schedule is and how much better the Bills' defense is. And that's why Sunday night, it's not a playoff game, and it will matter for the Bills, and it will matter for their fans. It will matter for the fans in a big way. If they can prove to everybody that they can beat the Chiefs and now their top dog throughout the rest of the season. That will matter. But to me, it will matter more by knocking them out of the one-seed race. They are, you will have the tiebreaker over them. They will have three AFC losses. They will need to be three games better than you the rest of the way. I'm not sure the Bills will lose three games total. And that's if they can climb over the Chargers, who look like an elite team, who are two games ahead of them in the division already. No, one game ahead. And that's if the Raiders keep along their path, and if Denver can hang around. I don't think Denver's that good, so I would be less worried about them. But that's how I see this game Sunday. It's, yes, big psychologically to prove the Bills can can beat the Chiefs, but I care more about, hey, I'm just I'm basically knocking them out of the one-seed race, and now I'm focused on Cleveland and the Chargers the rest of the regular season. Baltimore, too. Eric and Geneseo is on the nightcap. What's up, Eric? Joe, thanks for taking my call, and congrats sure. on the new show in the morning. Love listening to the show. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Uh, real quick, uh, so uh, if Buffalo loses this week by an inch or a mile, to me, the whole rest of the regular season – it's just, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. We never beat KC. Uh, we could go undefeated down the stretch. Uh, if we lose this game, it's going to be like, yeah, but, yeah, we never beat this team. Uh, I, I'm not saying the season would be over if we lose by one point or 30, um, but I, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to hear what uh, you and uh, you guys had to say. Uh, so thanks for taking my call. Thanks for the call, Eric. Um, I I don't I don't want to frame it as that. I think the rest of the regular season will matter because this is what this is what we warned you about before the year started. Don't don't treat this season like you did the Sabers in 07. That's that's what I did in 2007. The Sabers were coming off a conference finals appearance. We all knew they were going to be great. We all thought it. They started off 10 and 0. And they just cruised their way through the regular season. And we were just waiting for Anaheim, and we were waiting for Ottawa. That's what the whole year became about. And meanwhile, like 
did we enjoy any of it, really? Like, and the answer is yes. But how memorable was it? Did we enjoy it to the extent we should have? It wasn't very memorable for me. I was a little, yeah. little too young for that. <laughs> yeah, like, we probably didn't because we were so focused on... We were comparing every little thing that happened to Anaheim or Ottawa. And this year, to to put it as the rest of the season wouldn't matter because they're going to win the AFC East. I mean, is anything more of a sure thing in the NFL right now than the Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC East? Look around the rest of the division. I'm not sure the Jets can't be second in this division. That's how bad it looks. Their quarterback has easily got the most upside. New England and Miami, holy cow. My, New England was a little impressive against Tampa. The Dolphins are a disaster. The Bills are going to sleepwalk to this division crown. And to, to just kind of play the waiting game, that's no fun. I don't want to do that. And I'm not sure that's what the caller is really implying, but that's that's the first thing I thought of. Is before the year we we were just like let let's enjoy this, let let's in, let's appreciate the the moments as they come, and let's try not to put every little thing in the context of what does this mean to me beating the Chiefs. Now I'm guilty of that too, a little bit. This Houston game that just happened. I mean I couldn't have cared less. It was, it was good they beat him. It was fun for a time. Allen made that one incredible play. That was fun to watch where the two free rushers are coming up the middle. He fakes left, scrambles right, and throws a 40-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders on the sidelines. Like, that's fun. But it was the Texans. Come on. Second half started. We're, we were bored. We watched, but no drama. No edge of your seat. And I'd rather have no edge of my seat when I'm winning by 40 as opposed to losing but that's just the reality of the situation. So I'm guilty of it too. But I'm striving to not be. This this regular season is going to be one of the best ones they have ever. They have a one they arguably have the best team in the league and the easiest schedule in the league. That is that is a dangerous combination. That's a dangerous combination. All right, we'll come back and wrap things up. Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap last call after this on WGR. Last call on the nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Let's uh, let's take a call. Let's take a call. Sean is on the nightcap. What's up, Sean? You want to talk Bills? Yeah, talk some Bills. Um, Go for it. Love the show. You know, uh, kind of reminds me when uh, Sal was doing his thing. And uh, I think, like, you know, if the Sabres do have a resurgence, you should have a lot of credit because you do make a lot of great points about that team. But our team... Um, you know, do a lot of romanticizing about why we don't get a lot of coverage in the national media. Uh, we have to go in there and not play patty cake with these Chiefs. We have to go in there and play a game where we're roughing up these guys, Kelsey. They do a lot of showboating and things of that nature. So we want to make a really big impact. We have to win this game handily. I mean, not even handily, but show that we can go in there and go blow to blow with a team like that to really propel us to where we really want to be in a national conversation. And like I said, uh, continue doing the good work. I enjoy the show. And uh, go Bills. Thanks for the call, Sean. Um, Colin Cowherd had the Bills as the number one team in the league today in his herd hierarchy. And 
he has some teams where he's a little hot takey on. So I respect him enough. Baltimore, he had second, which I thought was a little little interesting. But you got to be different on those things. They're, they're not just the standings. Everyone's like, well, Arizona's 4-0. How are they not number one? If, if you're looking for the standings, go Google the standings. They're power rankings. That's what, like, I had, in my tiers I did on Tuesday, I think I had Denver in tier four below, like, well, certainly below Kansas City, who has a worse record. But below, who did I have them below? The Patriots, maybe? Might have been the Patriots. I just I, Denver, come on. Old school head coach. They want to run the football. Their quarterback, their quarterback's best trait is that he doesn't turn the football over, which is not enough in today's NFL. And their defense, I'm not going to lie, their defense is good. But they get a lot of credit for having this elite defense because they had one for a really long time. And they're good. But they don't have this dominant unit up front. Von Miller is still great, but they don't have a lot of other like game breakers on that side of the football. So, like, come on, Denver. You beat the Jets, the Giants, and the and the Jaguars. That's their three wins. That that's just an example of like you can put the Bills number one. ESPN put them number one too. Right. Their their power football index and their power rankings. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I, they had the Cardinals second and the Rams third. Okay. I Maybe I'm giving them too much benefit of the doubt, but I would still have the Chiefs number one. I'm giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt, but I believe they've earned it. I think they've been the best offense that I've ever laid eyes on for the last two years. And I'm not going to – I'm not going to make a judgment on them based on four games. Now, the defense is worrisome. But, again, it's the best offense I think I've ever seen. There's there's nothing like Mahomes to to Hill deep, and there's nothing like Mahomes to Kelsey. The Bills come as close as anybody does to replicating it, and that's why they are right there. The gap between one and two for me is razor thin. And on Sunday night, I am very prepared by – I don't even need to see the whole game. I, I, I mentioned earlier on the Extra Point Show, I think that this could be a comfortable win for the Bills. Like it's That's within the realm of possibility. Not a blowout. But the Bills' defense, the Chargers just did it. I think the Bills' defense is a lot more likely to hold the Chiefs' offense in check than the Chiefs' defense is to hold the Bills' offense in check. I, the Bills' offense is going to go off on Sunday. I don't know how Kansas City's going to stop them. Anyways, we're late to a break. we got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Nightcap tonight. Thanks to Josh for hanging around. And tomorrow I'll be back at 10 a.m. with Sal Capaccio. So until then, have a good night. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.